Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We say hi, presented by DraftKings. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Hope you're having a nice start to your week as we get our Tuesday program started. That was pretty fun last night, can't lie. A doubleheader on Monday Night Football with two big dogs picking up dubs. Dustin, you can tell me. I'll get to, of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from the D in just a second. It feels like 13 and a half, 14 was probably your biggest upset of the year as Tennessee goes to Miami and upsets the Dolphins 28-27. An awesome game, historic towards the end with 2.40 to play. We'll get into the ramifications for the Dolphins moving forward and what Tennessee saw from a rookie quarterback. You also had, of course, Green Bay needing a win. However, they're not out of it against the Giants and Tommy DeVito, who's been... Now, all of a sudden, a cultural sensation up in Jersey slash New York, a winner for the Giants. So the Giants, Green Bay, uh, the playoff implications are interesting because they're six and seven now. The Giants, who have won three straight, are a game back of the Packers and four other teams uh, for that final wild card spot. So in an interesting spot, to say the least, that being the Giants coming off their 24-22 win over the Green Bay Packers. We'll get to the DeVito effect as that continues. Uh, today's program, a lot to get to. Circus Survivor is down to 13 entries. If you remember, boys, last Tuesday when Adam Burke came on the show, I think we were sitting right around 30-ish. So we said once we cut to 15, I think there's going to be some advanced discussions to start chopping and collude in a good way because there's a lot of money left on the table here. Well, we're down to 13 because seven Packers losers, one Dolphins loser last night. But you know who advances? Adam Burke, our managing editor here at vcin.com, along with his teammate. It is Tuesday, so coming up in about an hour and 58 minutes, Adam Burke will stop by the program. Right now, the implied equity for each ticket is right around $713,000. I did the math. 
with a calculator, that means Adam Burke is holding about $356,000 right now if he were to cash out. So that's implied. We'll have a discussion with Berkey coming up in a bit. Our Pistons watch boys continues. They've lost 20 straight, a 131-123 loser to Halliburton and the Pacers. Cade, Ivy, Hayes, Thompson, they all can't shoot, and they've got the 76ers coming to Detroit tomorrow. The Spurs not far behind. They've lost 17 straight. Pretty good. So we say hi to the boys. Uh, outside of that, we've got Randall coming on the show who's been on a heater in college basketball tonight. A 11 games on the board. No, excuse me. That was last night. Tonight we've got a full 22. Not necessarily the heaviest as far as college basketball is concerned. Amal Shaw, that's the start. How are we feeling today on a Tuesday? Uh, not so good. I'll tell you what, man. Mike McDaniels, that second half killed me with the Dolphins. Took them, you know, minus four for the second, excuse me, minus seven for the second half, minus four for the game. They get a 14 nothing on two gift drives starting at the 7 and 12 yard line. I mean, you're thinking this one's over. It's in the bank and earning interest. The next thing you know, Will Levis couldn't put a touchdown to drive together in Kentucky and Penn State for four years. Looked like Danny Marino back there going down the field on two drives. What a missed opportunity by the Miami Dolphins last night. Yeah, Levis, your first rookie to pass for 300-plus yards on Monday Night Football. And as you mentioned, don't feel too bad about yourself. That's the first loss by a team. Oh, excuse me, the first win, you can say it either way, by a team that trailed by 14 points with under three minutes to go in regulation since 1976. So records made last night down in Miami. We've talked about it throughout the year. That's a fraudulent Miami team. They were at home. They were comfortable. Don't give me they missed Hill. We'll get into what he means to the team as well. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. We do have college transfer news as far as quarterbacks. We have quarterback news out of the NFL. Uh, a big-time quarterback is going to miss the rest of the year, but we say hi to the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. What's up? Oh, to piggyback there. Team's down 14 with under three minutes to go. We're 0-767 since 2016 until the Titans last night. Uh, some other things to uh, update you on from, from your open there. 14-point upset on Monday Night Football. That is the biggest upset since the Jags over the Colts in the 2021 regular season finale and then to touch on Adam Burke I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit here oh. you know normally when when good things happen to people I know who I'm, I consider friends I, I tend to get envy and jealous I am it is rare but very happy for Adam Burke to be in this position and that's not just because I'm hoping to get a loan oh forget the loan Patrick I got a viable solution for those 13 people remaining in Survivor you mentioned the value of the ticket about six hundred fifty seventy thousand dollars Divide up six million, and then the rest play for the three million. So somebody feels like they walked away with a huge pop, but then at the same time you walked away with a decent amount of money as well. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, so Burke had Cleveland this week. Correct. Man, he had so, to pick his team, and he hates picking his team to get through to this leg. They're about as good of yeah, a play a as anybody guy. this weekend. But he, but also he put that selection in before they knew Lawrence was starting. Yes. So yeah. that was a terrible sweat. But then once the game started, you realized they get, we're, we're in control and then it got tight late. So a nice win using Cleveland. Uh, but if you were the one Dolphins backer last night, Amal had him in the second half there. But the one Dolphins backer, that's as far as survivor, that's about as bad as it gets. And uh, the Packers backers, I, I think... You know, you guys both said it yesterday on the show. It was too much to give. And when we started the show, it was six. Maybe we should start there. 
Let's start there because the DeVito stuff is taking over. It was six, and then by the time the show started, it was down to five and a half. So some action coming in on the Giants, who all of a sudden, late season push. Here's December, one, three straight. They're five and eight. They're making a playoff push here, boys. The DeVito stuff is crazy, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and sell what I think about this. Like, I know, in, I know in New York, I was talking to a friend earlier today who does radio there, and he said they're going nuts. And I said, you guys must be bored because <laughs> the Giants stink, the Jets stink. So you're coming up with this. And I understand it's a cultural phenomenon, and you love to see the agent looking like a bada-bing, bada-boom, and you love the name DeVito. And if you've ever been to the tri-state, Italian culture is prominent. And I know it's a story, to, a fairy tale story that you want badly to fit a narrative. <laughs> Tommy DeVito is the definition of basic. Am I smoking? Am I crazy? The idea, Dustin, I'm going to get to you second. Let's go to a mall because Dustin is a Giants fan. So maybe he has his Giants colored glasses on, but please help me, Amal. Am I crazy to think that he is a very good backup, but no way a starter? No, I would agree with you completely. Look, we just saw this movie a couple of weeks ago play out in the Twin Cities with Josh Dobbs, right? Everyone got overly excited. You get a couple of victories, and Josh Dobbs is the second coming of who? Another backup quarterback? And that's exactly what Tommy DeVito is. I mean, think about this. This is a team against the Jets, Patrick, in regulation. They would not throw the ball. In overtime, they were only throwing the ball for screen passes because they were so afraid of what he could, couldn't do or could, how he would play effectively for that team. Look, he had a nice game last night, 17 for 21, but let's not go crazy here. You still have Daniel Jones, not that he's a franchise quarterback, but Dustin, I know you're going to talk about this in a second, but he said it to me this morning. He goes, he's killing our shot at Caleb Williams or Drake May. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Well put. And so that is a good way of getting to the Giants fan here on the program. Look, I understand the five touchdowns, no picks. As Amal mentioned, he's been risk adverse. But there is nothing there, if you're being honest with yourself and evaluating talent, that leads you to believe this is a big-time quarterback moving forward. You have to be realistic, big guy. We, uh, you know, we're floating on this rock in this expansive universe. We don't know the limits of it and what's really out there. And I, I often find myself questioning life and thinking, what's the point? And I often find myself watching the New York Giants lately, watching them win football games and going, what's the point? What are we doing here? Why is he out there? Take him out of the game. He's ruining things. I can't have Tommy DeVito get in the way of me getting Caleb Williams. Here's what I'll say about Tommy DeVito. He's proven he is a backup in the NFL. Whoop-de-freaking-do. There's a lot of dudes out there. Just so happened it's the year of the backup in the NFL, and there's backups starting everywhere across the league right now. He's just one of many that can exist, wear a helmet, and help a starter prepare going forward. He's a little bit more athletic than I anticipated. Fine. I will say this, too. He has exposed Daniel Jones because all the issues I had about the weapons and the offensive line, they've seemed to disappears some since Tommy DeVito took over. He is still not a starter. He is still not special. And what he's doing right now in winning football games for the Giants is ruining our chances of getting a franchise quarterback. You can say bye-bye to Caleb Williams. Say bye-bye to Drake May. Say bye-bye to Jaden freaking Daniels. They're not going to be there. You're going to draft an offensive lineman from Arizona at like number six overall this year. You think it's going to fix your problems, but it's not because the team has nothing dynamic at quarterback. They've not been special at quarterback in forever. And Tommy DeVito by himself 
the last three weeks has ruined my dream of Caleb Williams coming to the Big Apple. He has done more harm to this franchise than Dave Gettleman did. I've been the commencement addresses that were shorter. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just, I was hoping that Amal would, would celebrate with me my birthday that happened during that. The, um, it's well put. I can't, I can't remember what you said. Um, wait, what? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just Ultimately, so, the point is Tommy DeVito has set this franchise back further than Dave Gettleman ever did as the GM. He's a worse New York Giant than Ben McAdoo. You started talking about the earth, and I think we actually put, we took another trip around it during yeah. that. Because I'm wondering, Wait. what's the point? What's the point but, but, if I got to watch this team look like this again next year? But didn't you kind of say, out of one side of your mouth, Tommy DeVito's not a starter, and now the other side of your mouth, Tommy DeVito's so awesome, he's ruined our season because he's too good? Tommy DeVito is not a starter. I think the thing that he proved most of all, is that Daniel Jones is also not a starter because he's don't doing you, a I lot think that's more a without Jones. Don't you think it's a little short-sighted? Because don't you think once Daniel Jones goes out, I think Dayball and Kafka, the offensive coordinator, don't they shorten up the playbook and run the offense a little bit differently sure. that kind of curtails itself to DeVito? And I think you saw that last night. That's a pretty easy offense to run. Yeah, they're doing things differently. Let's come back and discuss, and we'll get into the Green Bay Packers, who are still in the postseason. The big guy on a roll today. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Okay, Sharp Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, presented by DraftKings. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, downtown Las Vegas. As you see from the D, we're going to welcome in our buddy Mike Randall, FTN Network Chief Content Officer at Randall Rant on Twitter. Does a great job. He loves college hoops and he's been on a roll. He went, he, I guess he bet the board on Saturday. He went 22 and 10 on Saturday. He's on a 36 and 11 run in college basketball. He's got a bunch of plays in the NFL as well this week. We say, what's up to Mr. Randall? Hi, Mike. How are you? Guys, always a pleasure to join you here on a Tuesday. It's a lot of fun stuff going on. And yes, a heater in college basketball. Let's keep it going. Let's, let's, why don't we start with the heater? Because you've got a bunch of college hoops plays as well. Walk us through your Saturday. That's a tremendous run when you're attacking a board that to a lot of novice betters can be overwhelming. You see so many games on a Saturday in December in college hoops. How do you attack the board? Where do you start? Yeah, it's a, it's a potpourri of plays that I like, projections that I like, combined with our FTN models, which are fantastic here. We put them all together, and what we get is the picks that we like the most. And I try to cover as many games as possible on my college basketball betting show because people have different interests. So we always go, go and get 25 to 30 plays, as many as we can, and it's been hot. Things have been going really well. It's obviously the projections. It's you know teams at home getting points, so many different things that we look at here, but it's it's been a good run. It's a lot of fun. I use our tools here at FTN, balance my own projections, and, of course, that nebulous poker table gut feel as well, which plays into it a little bit. May I lodge a complaint? You guys can help me with these two teams. It was, and I love the coach because we used to talk to him when he was down coaching VCU. Did you guys see Amal Shaw? Did you see your Ohio State team? Yes. Who were up 18 at Penn State. And yeah, yes, I'm bitter, but we're up 18. And then Penn State just kept battling and battling, battling. Amal, we'll start with you. I'd like to get your take on both. Penn State was a team that ran, made a run to the tournament last year. And of course, Ohio State down last year. Give me your thoughts on those two teams, Amal. Well, I think Penn State uh, under Odom is going to be a lot more effective, right? They're going to come at you for 40 minutes. They've done a really nice job. This team is solid. They're not great from a talent standpoint, but they have Wahab, who was a big man for Georgetown for a long time. He's serviceable. He's a good number three scorer on this team. Clary's done a nice job. This is a dangerous backcourt that they've got there, and I think this is going to be a team that's going to be a tough out. It's never easy when you go into State College. Not one. It's probably the toughest place in the Big Ten to get to, Mike, when you look at it. And on the flip side, I think Ohio State, they're a little bit inconsistent. That's the problem I have with them. You know, Jamison Battle, the kid from Minnesota, transfers in. Very effective score. But it seems like Thornton and him are their two main guys. But they need to find consistency from the rest of this team. I think they're going to be in the middle of the pack, near the top of the middle of the pack in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, Ohio State, listen, Chris Holtman is on the hot seat there, no doubt, because last year when they did not perform well, they had a great run in the Big Ten tournament at the end of the season, but they expect better, and they're in a Big Ten here that's not as great. Michigan State, you can see, coming back to the pack, and so now you have a Penn State team with Mike Rose, who's come up from BCU, bringing their style, ace ball win, running the show, tough point guard. That was a rough one, and they needed it badly because they lost five straight games, so Big win for Penn State. Ohio State on watch here should be able to bounce back. They have talent, but that's not enough right now. People want Chris Holtman to move forward and recover from last year, which was really rough. By the way, I'm glad you said Rhodes' name. I said Odom, and then afterwards I'm like, who the hell is Odom? Well, Odom's at VCU now. Yeah, okay, right. thank you. I'm sorry. That's right. It's, it's, yeah, a, it's a good you. reason to get them. It's a good reason to get them mixed up. Um, 
Mike, let me ask you about Michigan. It's a team sitting five and five right now. As we talked about the uh, Big Ten, uh, you know, just two and two. Excuse me. Yeah, five and five overall. But I, I think a bigger conversation to be had. At what Juwan Howard? I don't know what's going on with the drama. But can you tell me about the team and what you think is going to happen with the coach moving forward? Yeah, I mean, they have Phil Martelli there, so they have themselves an excellent coach. I think there's something going on with Jawan Howard. Obviously, he has the health issues. Hopefully, that's okay. I don't think that's what's behind this. I think they want to move in a different direction. I think some of the issues and the antics you saw on the sideline have worn a little thin. But this is a team that struggles on defense that can fill it up. But you've seen if you're not going to play defense, particularly in the Big Ten, you're going to have issues. Three straight losses, Texas Tech, Oregon, Indiana, bounce back against Iowa. But what's the similarity there? Iowa doesn't play defense either. So really sort of Michigan searching for an identity, which is not normally what you expect from a Michigan program. Uh, and that's the concern. So I think they want to establish a style. And I have to tell you, this has been very up and down. And it's frustrating because this team is headed towards mediocrity yet again. Two wins, three losses, two wins, two losses. That's not what they want. And they have some big time talent. Doug McDermott, Olivia and Congo came over from Tennessee. They should be better than they are. I, I, Mike, I like the point you just made there about Juwan Howard. I think, Patrick, when you look at the Big Ten, three of the bigger programs potentially at the end of this college season could be looking at changes. You mentioned Holtzman at Ohio State. Uh, Fran McCaffrey at Iowa, his teams have been allergic to defense for his entire coaching career. Nothing's going to change. I mean, these guys are getting boat raced everywhere. If you saw the Cyhawk game against Iowa State, I mean, Iowa State should not never be scoring that many points on you. And this is the problem with Iowa. When they were, when they had guys like Garza and they can outscore everybody, it was fine. Now you're starting to realize they don't have that individual talent and the Hawkeyes are in some trouble okay yeah, let's get to a few the... yeah go ahead Mike please yeah that's the issue is Peyton Sanford needs to step up as a big time scorer he got shut out there against Michigan and didn't score till late that's a problem they don't have a go-to score like they used to have with the Murray brothers okay let's get to a few of the plays for tonight a little Hofstra pride for our guy Mike Randall at Duke we'll take the 16 with Hofstra here yeah, we're going to take it. I'm not sure what Tyrese Proctor's status is. He may be playing for Duke. I don't care either way. These are the teams that I love, guys. Veteran team, experienced, shoot the three well, speedy Claxton. Now they're going on a road against Duke. Duke is like the Cowboys. They're always going to take money. They have not been great in these spots and not been great at home here. They got by Charlotte. I get it, but Kyle Filipowski only had five points. Duke is looking at a matchup next week against Baylor and Madison Square Garden. Hofstra, strong mid-major team, pushes the pace, shoots a three well, well-coached, veteran squad. Check, 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 check. Give me Hofstra here in the points, even at Cameron. I, I like this call by Mike Patrick when you look at the breakdown. Hofstra, sixth in the nation in free throw percentage, near 80%. 38% from the three-point line, incredibly uh, accurate from deep. And Mike brought up a great point about age. You saw the three Heisman Trophy finalists out of four. They were a fifth-year seniors or older. Guys that are 23 and 24 years old. Getting older guys may not seem like that big of a deal when you're our age in, in your 40s, right? A couple of years doesn't matter. But when you're looking at 19 versus 22, there's a big difference. And that's what you see with some of these teams. And that's why you see the upsets when you get to March. This Hofstra team has done really well. Mike, I regret not taking them against South Florida. I mean, South Florida still stung from the beating that the Pride put on them. Yeah, absolutely. And they can score. Speedy Claxon's done a great job following Joe Mahalik. This is a dangerous team. They've been in these spots. They played on the road. I like them tonight. What's the formula for Monmouth tonight at Seton Hall? You're catching 15, 15 and a half there. 
Patrick, very simple. This is a New Jersey rivalry game. You want to say they're not rivals? Well, they're in-state rivals. Monmouth, coached by King Rice, had a catastrophic year last year, but this year they've been more competitive. His son, Xander Rice, is averaging 20 points per game. They shoot the three well. Seton Hall still struggling for an identity. I was at... Uh, the, the stadium watching them play against Northeastern. They did not cover in that game. They turned the ball over too much. Their interior defense isn't as strong as Seton Hall normally is, and their offense can really go through spouts where they can't score. Everyone's betting Seton Hall here. They look like a shell of them former selves. They got they got crushed by Rutgers in the New Jersey matchup here. I don't think this is a bounce back. I like Monmouth. They push the pace. They shoot the three well. Xander Rice is a good player. It's too many points here. That's what it is. But Mike, I love your angle on this one. Patrick, remember we talked about this a while ago when you have these smaller schools within a certain vicinity playing that big in-state school, and this is a great opportunity, despite the fact the Hall have lost two in a row. Not an offensive team that I want to lay this many points with, and as good as and talented as Kadari Richmond is, he's a bit turnover prone for me. That's the one thing I don't like about him. I like Monmouth here with you on this one, with King Rice's team playing well. It, look, I'm telling you, guys, when you don't get recruited to the big state school, whether it's Texas, whomever it may be, you want an opportunity. This is your Super Bowl playing Seton Hall at, at uh, you know, the old Meadowlands, whatever they call it here in Newark nowadays, but this is their opportunity. Beautiful. Hunting some dogs here against some bigger-name programs. Mike Randall, Oral Roberts catching 13-and-a-half at Texas Tech. Yeah, Oral Roberts has done a nice job. Texas Tech Grant McCaslin's come down there from North Texas, still has the defensive identity. The problem is, guys, they lost one of their top scorers, Devin Cambridge, to a season-ending knee injury. So points are going to be at a premium. Oral Roberts has no problem playing tougher opponents. Push the pace. They can score. They've had some nice wins. They've played the Oklahoma State of the world, teams like that. They're not going to be shy here. They're going to play well. Slower pace, points at a premium. Texas Tech without one of their top scorers. I'll take Oral Roberts here. Golden Eagles, who've been scalding hot the last few years, even without Max A. Smith, who's now in Texas. Look, here's the bottom line. If you're laying these types of numbers with the Red Raiders, you're probably going to be on the short end of the stick the majority of the time. Not the type of team you want to lay a big number with. They don't get that large of a support base at United Spirit. This is not a good spot for them. ORU, they're not going to win the game in all likelihood, but I feel way more confident that they're within about 10 points in this game yeah. as opposed to Texas Tech being up 16 or something late and you don't have to worry about a backdoor three-pointer. One more, then we'll come back with Mike Randall, FTN. Make sure you check out the site. Great for fantasy and sports betting. So many angles to dig into. Uh, Long Island v. UMass. UMass at home. You're going to lay the 17-17 and a half with UMass. Lowell. Yeah, LIU is catastrophically bad. So here's the issue. UMass Lowell has been playing without forward Abdul Kareem Koulibaly for the past four games, and the results have shown Win but no cover, loss, D2 win, and a loss. But they did start 4-0 against the spread. They are fantastic on defense, and they shoot well at home. We do not know if Koulibaly is playing tonight. He was doubtful and did not play against UMass, which really hurt them on the interior. Even if Koulibaly doesn't play, I think they can cover this number. But I still think there's a chance that he is back tonight. And if that's the case, they're going to blow the doors off at of LIU, who has just been non-competitive across the board here. This team is tough. They shoot the three well. They're very tough at home. They can be a really feisty team in the America East. And they're well coached by Pat Duquette. Taking them here. And Koulibaly was the difference in the win against Arizona State. He was outstanding. Goes for 19 in that one. Rod Strickland's team is uh, comes from the Fran McCaffrey School. No defense whatsoever. We got one more play from Randall. We'll put it up on our pick sheet. Make sure you go check that out. Mike Randall, FTN Network Chief Content Officer with some NFL coming up next here on Sharp Money.
This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, switch to cricket today and get a free Samsung Galaxy A14 5G. After all, you've been good this year and they think you really, really deserve it. Smile. You're on Cricket as we welcome you back here on Sharp Money. Just as a note, race and sports book director at the Borgata there in Atlantic City, Thomas Gable, who sends over his college basketball plays. He had two plays today. I'll give you one because it corroborates with Mike Randall, FTN, of course. UMass Lowell laying the price against LIU. We got you back. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher, the aforementioned Mike Randall, FTN, Network Chief Content Officer. Encourage you to check out the content over at FTN. At Randall Rant on Twitter. Went through some of the college basketball plays. Let's transition to the NFL. As we do, takeaways from last night, Mike. That was uh, two big dogs, or one huge dog, and one pretty good price dog, of course, with the Giants winning at home and the Titans beating the Dolphins, catching 13 and a half in historic fashion. What'd you take away from the two matchups there? Patrick, we always talk about how you love the Jersey and tri-state area attitude. I mean, 300 chicken cutlets here for Tommy DeVito's family, (laughs) passing them out like pancakes in the middle of the Meadowlands parking lot. Listen, DeVito, they believe in him. Uh, You know, Brian Dable does a good job. There was a lot of buzz about him not getting along with Wink Martindale. That seems to have gone by the wayside. They are very live, and they're very live this week against the Saints. In the other game, it's just, guys, at this point in the season – you have to give me a reason to take the favorite and lay the points. Tennessee needs it. Mike Vrabel, good coach. All you need is something weird to happen. Tyree Kill goes out of the game. Here's Derrick Henry. They scored two touchdowns there in the last two minutes. What we saw teams down by two touchdowns were 0 and 767 or something like that coming into that matchup. So the dogs are barking. Teams are really close. Parody in the NFL. Very hard to win late in the year when so much is on the line for these teams. Mike, let's right. take, beautiful. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, let's get into some of your bets. Got some great plays. I want to start with a team that we've been down on here and that Mike Tomlin's done a great job with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you like them catching two and a half coming up this week. Yeah, it's a classic Tomlin spot and I get it. It's very hard to go back to them guys after seeing the disaster that they had against Arizona and New England, both of teams combined for a six and 20 record this season, but that's what I'm doing it here. This is what Tomlin does. He is a superb 16 and six against the spread with four outright wins straight in December and January. So he's been hot. He's on the road. He's an underdog. They need this win. They're still the sixth seed in the AFC. I know it doesn't look good, but I think they're going against a Colts team that may be a little overinflated. Still no Jonathan Taylor. I trust T.J. Watt and company to get it done here. Steelers, as an underdog with Tomlin, this is their spot. We're barking and going with them to win it outright. Mike, on these types of plays, when you're getting less than a field goal, are you more likely to take a money line here, or are you still going to take the two and a half in a spot like this? No, I'll t- yeah, I'll go money line, but you can also look to tease it because you get that two and a half, you get the six, it goes up to eight and a half. Those are the magic numbers with the teasers, three and seven, and we're getting it, even eight. So those are situations I like. I was able to hit one last week where you just tease up through those key numbers and you go from there. So absolutely, that's something I'm looking at. Well, here's a good example. You said at this point, you're not interested in lane points. So Kansas City at New England, you're going to take the points. You're going to take the nine and a half with the Patriots here. Yeah, the Patriots have been great on in certain ways on defense at limiting the run, which, again, we don't know the status of Isaiah Pacheco. And Belichick is still a great defensive coach. Say whatever you want about him. So this should be a low-scoring game. 
points at a premium. I don't trust the Chiefs. I haven't all year. Uh, Kadarius Tony was definitely offsides. Mahomes has got to stop go, trying like he's going after the ref. He has to be held back. What are you going to do, Patrick, when you get to the ref? You're going to hit him because you'll be suspended for five games. <laughs> so the Chiefs right now, really frustrated. They struggle on offense. Travis Kelsey not producing big games. Only has two games over 100 receiving yards here. Give me Belichick at home. No one wants to do it with the points in a low-scoring game. Mike, when you look around the rest of the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs, is it just the wide receivers that are a concern to you? What is going on with them? They just seem like they're a miss. Yeah, some of the things you, we have to decide, guys, when we end the preseason, what we see that matters and what doesn't. I remember hearing all about Sky Moore in the preseason. He's been on the side of a milk carton for basically 15 weeks here. Rasheed Rice has been solid for them, but you're creeping up. The defense is really playing them tight. Marcus Valdez-Scantling is dropping balls left and right, so they're making them beat them, and they can't do it. They can't separate and get open. So Travis Kelsey is being limited. The offense is struggling. Mahomes is getting frustrated. And without Isaiah Pacheco, who's the angriest runner I've ever seen, you really can't play smash-mouth football either. So they're left with a team that really doesn't have an identity, a legendary Hall of Fame quarterback and a bunch of guys outside of Kelsey who are trying to figure out how good they are. That's disjointed. We're relying on that Chiefs defense, which is starting to show warts right now as we get to the end of the year. Patrick Pacheco's angry because he's from Jersey. Exactly. Is that why? <laughs> he reminds me of R.I.P. He reminds me of Marion Barber. Remember Ooh, Barber? Yes. Oh, good one. Yes. <laughs> Barber used to run pretty angry as well. Um, Chargers, Vegas, Thursday, so two days from now, you're going to go over, got a 33 and a half, 34 here. Yeah, model this year, FTN model for sides is hitting at a 65% rate when you have a double digit total, a double digit edge on a total, which is what we have in this game. We have a whopping 18.6% edge on the over in this matchup, over 34, 33 and a half, wherever you can get it. Last week, for comparison, we talked about this. Our biggest edge here at FTN was the Cowboys and the Eagles under 52. And, of course, that hit. I think both teams are going to be able to score. You have a Raiders team coming off of zero points. You have a Charger team with Easton Stick at quarterback. People are going to be hammering the under. I think both teams can move the ball. The Chargers defense has been a joke all season. So give me Aiden O'Connell, Devontae Adams, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, who I think will play. And I think we get over this number. As I said, FTM model, 18.6% edge on the over in this matchup. Wow. Mike, I want to go to a total with, I slightly disagree with you on, but I like your play here. You've got the Bengals and the Vikings, 38 and a half. Kind of give me your reasoning on why you like this game over. Looks like it's probably going to be Nick Mullins against Jake Browning. That's the exact reason. Nick Mullins versus Jake Browning, our, our FTM model, 17.6% edge. So right behind the one we just talked about. They have been able to move the ball here. You're getting creative with the Bengals' offense. Chase Brown is becoming a part of the offense. He can take a screen. Mixon is becoming more active. You still have Jamar Chase. T. Higgins is now healthy. And on the other side with the Vikings, they're going to have to score to put points up here. I, the Bengals' defense, I don't believe. So I think the Vikings will be able to move it, even with Nick Mullins, who's a, who's a veteran. You saw Joe Flacco go out there and throw for three touchdowns. Nick Mullins can't move the ball with those weapons. I think you're going to see points here. Armada loves it, and I do as well. Okay, Dallas at Buffalo, and we're talking totals here. I got a 50-and-a-half on the board right now, and you're going to go under the 50-and-a-half with the Bills-Cowboys. Yeah, 15.5 percentage, Patrick. That's a 66.7% probability of winning. We're going under in this matchup. Cowboys defense is legit. 
This is a two really good teams with a lot on the line for both of them. Cowboys want to continue to win the division and be the one seed, and the Bills are absolutely desperate. In those situations, games tend to skew low scoring. It's going to be in the cold in Buffalo. Here comes Dallas, big explosive offense. I think both defenses show up. I think it's a very close game. I think people start to get cautious here. We don't want Josh Allen turning the ball over, so you've seen Buffalo dial back some of their big shots over the last couple weeks. Stephon Diggs has been taken out of games. Micah Parsons going to be disrupting. We like the under, under 50 and a half here. Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Obviously, San Francisco is a front runner for many, many people. But if you're looking at a futures bet right now, who is a team or two that you would consider that you think genuinely could either get to the Super Bowl and maybe you can hedge the other side or could win it? Yeah, we're looking for a hot team. So we've seen the Packers do this before with Aaron Rodgers. And you saw them lose to the Giants, so everyone's off them. But you, I think this is the perfect time, Amal, where you can have someone who is a five or six seed get hot and move forward. That team could have been Houston. C.J. Stroud hurt, Tank Dell out, Nico Collins hurt. So that's a lot there. But that's the team you're looking at, one of these teams in the wild card who can all of a sudden get hot and move forward. Why not the Packers? Secondary strong. Maybe Aaron Jones comes back. Great trio of wide receivers. Jordan Love is underrated. And now they're coming off a loss to Tommy Cutlets. Now is the time to buy. Sure. Tommy Cutlets. Let's go. Uh, questions at quarterback for Houston. They're traveling to Tennessee. Just picked up a huge win, obviously, Tennessee. They're laying two, hosting Houston. Where are you at here, Mike? Yeah, you can't take Houston if it's Davis Mills. I, I can't do it. Not with Derrick Henry. Remember Derrick Henry in the cold. Derrick Henry late in the year. Derrick Henry against the Texans as a career has always been fantastic. DeAndre Hopkins is doing well. Uh, Will Levis is starting to get hot after having some struggles there a little bit. Mike Vrabel still one of the best coaches in the NFL. And this is a Tennessee defense. And yes, their secondary can be beat, but Davis Mills is not attacking their secondary, and they can put pressure on the quarterback. They can beat Miami and that offense, but they can't hold down the Texans with Davis Mills potentially. I'll take Tennessee minus the two. Pa Patrick, I love this call by Mike on this one. What a momentum spot for Tennessee. You get a great, incredible, improbable win on the road. You mentioned C.J. Stroud probably not likely to go here for Tennessee. I mean, excuse me, for Houston. Great opportunity for the Titans at home. Yeah, no doubt. Is it cold, is it cold in Jersey yet, Randall? How are you guys feeling? Oh, oh, it's freezing, Patrick. It's absolutely <laughs> freezing. That's, that's why that cutlet spread was even more impressive by the Vito family because it was not warm, let me tell you. Who cooked all that food? Is my question. How'd they get all that I food? I think his family says so somebody sponsored it, but they were, it was packed. It was, I mean, it was, it's crazy. Did you see his agent too? I mean, talk oh, about the, the best. <laughs> the vibes were great. I'm sorry. I, if you can't get into that, you just, you're in a bad mood. Cause that was just fun to watch. I loved it. FTN. You heard all the angles and advantages there. Make sure you go check it out. Mike Randall at Randall rant on Twitter. We'll talk to you next week, Mike. Great. Great to see you again. Always, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. And Mike mentioned Patrick Mahomes. We do have Patrick Mahomes talking coming back. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let me check the calendar. December 12 is a Tuesday. Let me check the clock. 2 p.m. West, 5 p.m. East. That means Adam Burke. Now, this is a special appearance from our buddy. He's the managing editor over at vsin.com, and vsin.com has never been better. A lot of that has to do with our buddy Adam Burke. Last week, we sat here, and we were talking about Circa Survivor. Okay, so it's the big, biggest Survivor contest on the planet and i think we were sitting with 30 contestants or 30 entries remaining and we were talking about the uh, idea of chopping and then we said well it's going to really start to get fascinating once it gets down to about 15 entries or contestants remaining and we are down to 13 the implied equity each ticket is worth about correct me if i'm wrong boys about 713k adam burke does have a partner, so that means each are sitting with around 356000 as we sit here today. That's no pressure. I did want to just mention there's no pressure as we say, there he is, there's a handsome one. Adam Burke, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from the D. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. I, I'm just stating facts. I'm not trying to make you nervous, but congratulations. He had the Cleveland Browns. How about his hometown team coming through with Joe Flacco under center? Berkey, take a bow. How are we feeling? Hey, what's up, Patrick? I got to say, I, I have to be fully transparent with this. The Browns were not my first pick last weekend, but that's the decision that we came to. My partner, Mark Goldberg, and I from SpookyExpress.com. That's the decision that we came to. And, and actually, I mean, we have not taken a road team so far with this entry throughout the Survivor Contest. And we decided to stay off of Green Bay. They were kind of the team that we were thinking about throughout most of the week. Decided to make a late switch to Cleveland and... Uh, Fortunately, that one worked out because obviously last night, uh, agonizing and condolences to our own Paulie Howard. So Green Bay was in the mix. Can you kind of walk us through the final conversations and really when you both decided, okay, because my assumption is you decided, uh, well, I know you decided on on, uh, fading Jacksonville before Trevor Lawrence was announced that he was going to start. 
Yeah, I, I will say that. We certainly didn't really expect Lawrence to play. Honestly, expected the weather to be a little bit worse, too. The field to maybe be a little bit sloppier that would possibly negatively impact Lawrence if he did end up playing. But honestly, I mean, the Browns' offense is better with Joe Flacco. And the biggest thing to me, and the Browns were on my consideration list. I think it was 37 years of having my heart ripped out that I didn't want to make them the first choice for me. But I knew that Jacksonville couldn't line up and power run the football against them the way that Denver did, the way that the Rams did. That's been the main weakness of Cleveland's defense here throughout the last few weeks. Jacksonville doesn't have that weapon in their arsenal. So I figured it was a decent matchup for Cleveland's defense. And honestly, if Amari Cooper doesn't fumble, that may be a blowout. So Cleveland was easily the better team, happy to get through and happy to avoid some of the other landmines that were out there in Week 14. Adam, I got a proposal for you from a uh, potential chop. $9 million at stake. What happens if you guys were to say 13 people remaining? Patrick mentioned it roughly about 700,000 or 713,000. You say, okay, we chop 6 million and then you play for the other 3 million. So you feel like you walked away with a significant amount of money, but also at the same time, I think that comes out to about 450,000 per uh, entry. So you feel like you've actually walked away with some cash because the hard thing, Patrick, right now is you've come thus, thus far, excuse me, done a great job of navigating so many landmines, as you guys alluded to, and then to be down to one of 13 people. And if you come up empty, it feels just so difficult. Yeah, look, I mean, you definitely want to get something right. at this point in time, right? I mean, yeah, the average equity is, <laughs> as you guys mentioned, 713K. Uh, we did max out with the 10 entries. So, you know, there's 10 grand into it. Not everybody has done that. Sure. So that's also a question. And that was the thing last night, you know, about the Packers actually getting beat was not only did it eliminate seven people, it maybe eliminated, what, 15 or 20 opinions in terms of a chop? Because a sure. lot of people do have partners. They're part of groups, stuff like that, to where, the you know, the fewer entries, obviously, the more equity your entry gets and the fewer people that you have to get to agree to a chop. My thought was like 5.2. There's 13 left. Everybody gets 400K. Perfect. And yeah. then you, know, you go from there and play for the rest. I do know that those discussions are being had. I don't know how much progress has been made on those discussions. Uh, I have a minority stake in our entry, so my partner is actually the one kind of going through all of those conversations and then relaying the information to me. But I do know that those conversations are being had. The question is, do you get everybody who's involved with these 13 entries on the same page? Because it only takes one entry or one person to you know not allow that chop to happen. Yeah, I said that to Patrick last week. We talked about this, that if somebody, let's say they're sitting, they're worth $100 million, they're going to be like, hell no. Right. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, if, if you put in, let's say that you're in this, and I haven't checked to see the rest of the contestants or anything like that. If you have 1,000 or 2,000 into this, like, do you, how much do you really want to chop? You know, because your initial investment was pretty low. Now, you could also argue on the flip side, if you only have one or two entries, maybe money is a bigger deal to you, and you would be more willing to take a chop. So, I don't know. I'm just kind of waiting to see how all that plays out. And of course, you know, no matter what happens, we still have to pick a team to survive in advance this week. How's your partner? You, you, we've mentioned your buddy Spooky a few times. You're, I know you pretty well by now. You're a pretty medium guy. You don't get too high, too low. So it's a good temperament for something like this and probably sports wagering in general. How's your partner handling this? <laughs> Uh, his, his anxiety is definitely higher than mine. Um, the thing that's really interesting about us and, and really the dynamic that we have is I'm science and he's art. So, you know, we kind of try to blend the two. I'm very much in tune with the analytics and all of that. And he's kind of more of a 
you know, sort of traditional, I, I would say, handicapper when it comes to the NFL. Like I said, I mean, we haven't taken a road team with this entry. That's something that actually kind of weighed on his mind last week. I was a little bit less concerned about it. Honestly, I liked Houston the most, which thank God we didn't go with them because they were atrocious. But, you know, he's art, I'm science, and we've been able to kind of blend that really effectively. But I've definitely been, and maybe it's because I do have a minority stake in it as opposed to what his position is. I've been a little bit more laid back. I've kind of been a little bit more of maybe of the more gambling-centric mindset of, hey, you know, we can chop some of this, but let's kind of leave, you know, a big carrot at the end instead of a smaller one. But, you know, again, ultimately, I'm kind of deferring to him with those discussions, and, and he's kind of wearing it a little bit more than I am. So, you know, we'll see how that dynamic kind of plays out as we go forward. But, you know, all of our conversations continue to be fantastic. We continue to be on the same page. And, you know, I mean, I, I was telling everybody this uh, downstairs over at Circa. I have not watched one of our Survivor games since week nine. Really? So, you know, maybe that's why I'm handling it a little bit better because he's living and dying with every snap. The strategy is fascinating. So as much as you can tell us, and again, feel free to edit and leave out whatever you want. And you're used to editing our managing editor, Adam Burke, <laughs> sitting in vcin.com. We'll get to what's happening at the website here in a second. Um, do we know if we've talked to the remaining contestants? I know Spooky probably has a better idea. Have Has everybody kind of gotten involved in the conversation? That must be difficult. Uh, these are people all over the country. As much as you can tell me there. So I think at this point in time, because we're down to 13 and because we're talking about such a significant prize pool, I think everybody kind of wants to be found and be part of those discussions. You know, certainly social media makes it a lot easier and, you know, platforms such as this and, and platforms like what Spooky has and what some of the other contestants have, you know, they're able to kind of talk about those things. And certainly a lot of the higher profile people in this industry, you know, including somebody like Bill Crackman, who's, of course, you know, on a numbers game, those people are involved and invested in the contest in terms of the fact that it's a huge prize pool and it's in, the, in, in, it's in an industry that they love. So, you know, they're also part of, you know, maybe reaching out to some of the contestants. I know Mark specifically has talked to some past winners of the Circa Million, past caches, uh, some people that have won Survivor or been part of Chops in the past, stuff like that. So there is a lot of networking going on. And again, with what's at stake now and what the implied entry value is, I do think a lot of people want to be found and want to at least hear out anybody's pitch for chopping this thing up. Well, uh, we are, we are going to have another contestant who is alive on the show tomorrow, Adam, and uh, as I can put you in touch with him and give you his details, but it's going to cost uh, one half percent <laughs> of your ticket over there. Uh, my question, I guess, would be uh, over under once the season ends, one and a half more appearances on chart money before you sail off into the sunset. <laughs> well, again, I mean, you know, I, I am talking about uh, I, I don't have, uh, have, you know, half split. This isn't fully mine or anything like that. I don't have right off into the sunset FU money like I talked about last week, but I love you guys. I enjoy this Tuesday spot. It, it would be hard for me to give this up no matter what. You're getting paid per SpookyExpress.com <laughs> drop? SpookyExpress.com. It's a fantastic website. You should check it out. SpookyExpress.com. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing the T-shirt here. Yeah. I got the Spooky Express T-shirt on. It, somehow he managed to send me a shirt that was too big for me, which is kind of a shocker. You're but, like a uh, NASCAR driver. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I, hey, I, if anybody wants, you know, just... I can work out some deals, put some patches on one of my jackets, you know, something like that. I, I'm totally good with that. Uh, honestly, I mean, it, it's it's fun to, to be able to be in this position and have these conversations. But, again, up until there's a chop or up until we survive to the end, uh, right now this is just a great story. So, to me, it's still about surviving and advancing. And, 
you know, trying to handicap these games and, and try and get them right to the best possible degree. Well, we're it is it's a legit sweat as a family here. We're pulling for you. I was just thinking this morning when I was taking the dog for a walk. Remember that time that I saw you on the side of the road and I changed your tire? I just randomly thought about it. Anyway, um, that was cool when I lived in Vegas. I saw I saw Burke. He, he was having problems with the tire. I saw his wife crying, and I was just like, you know what? Let me take care of this. <laughs> But anyway, Spooky sounds like a good dude, too. No, but what, what, um, is, what, when, is the fir- what is the first kind of just, like, stupid purchase if you do walk away with some money here? Like, what has been – because I know back in the day I used to get that East Bay catalog. I used to circle – Are they still in business? No, they went out. I used to circle every shoe I wanted from that damn catalog. I got, like, two of them in, like, 15 years. What is, like, the first thing you and the wife are looking to buy? It doesn't have to be something crazy, but just like, hey, we have stupid money right now. Why don't we buy this? I haven't even thought about it. And I'm not, I'm not BSing you in that. I haven't even thought about it, honestly. I'm not even in it, and I'm already dreaming of things I would spend. He's an experienced guy. It's he's easy not, for you to want to spend consumer. my money. He's an, yes. He's an ex- <laughs> Burke's an experienced guy. He's different yeah. than you. He's he's not going to just add crap. He's going to go. He's going to travel. He's going to go see concerts. Come on, big guy. You know. What do you have left to show for that? Well, wait wait a second. Answer that when we come back on the other side. What would you spend on it if you walked away with nine? <laughs> yeah. oh. And don't make it X-rated. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.